What I'm going to do is I'm going to read a few verses and then I'm just going to give you a chance to worship on your heart. So you, as I read, then you can turn what I've read to you uh, back into praise. And so uh, let me start reading from verse one. It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Just take a moment and turn that back into praise. Say, God, I trust you. I thank you that I can hide in the shadow of, of your presence. From verse three, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. God, we praise you that you are a God who protects the faithful. You are a God who is a shield. Lord, thank you that we do not need to be afraid of the terror of the night. Thank you that when there's pestilence, you are with us. Verse seven, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the most high who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your steps. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Let's praise the Lord that he commands his angels concerning you. God commands angels to assist you. Just give thanks to God for that. Father, we thank you that you are so good to us and that you have been our dwelling place. We thank you that you guard us in all our ways. We praise you, Lord, that you are with us. And all right, welcome. If you're watching on YouTube, we're glad. Thank you, Jesus, that we've got that going. And uh, uh, we just want to praise the Lord. Lord, we just thank you that we've been able to sort this out. Thank you that we can gather here today Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Well, amen. God is good. And I think we're live uh, on everything, which is good. And so let's let's we just read through Psalm 91 or part of Psalm 91. And uh, what I would like to do now is take a few moments to pray. And so I've got YouTube or the Facebook feed. So if you're on Facebook, and you want to put in a prayer request there in the next few moments, uh, just put it up and we'll pray for it. Uh, you can just type it under the feed and I'll get it. And um, 
And so as we, as we uh, send in, hopefully, some, some prayer requests there. Chuck, good to see you, brother. Uh, glad you're there. Alita, I see you. Mayank, good morning. Uh, for the rest of you, it's, uh, it's good to be here. Um, but if you have a prayer request, if, if there is something that you would like prayer for, just, just type it in the comments. And in a moment, I'll pray for it. I, as, as we're waiting for people to jump on, I just I want to share this testimony, and I'm only going to be able to share part of it uh, because I haven't heard the full story. But when we were in Kenya, uh, we were in a marketplace, and we were praying for people, and there was this woman who came up to us, and she asked for prayer. We started praying for her, and before long, she fell to the ground, and she was convulsing. And it was clear that she was under a demonic attack, that she was uh, demon-possessed. And so we're praying for this, this woman, and there was a crowd that was gathering. It went on for probably about an hour uh, in this marketplace in public, and people coming and going, and quite the scene. And she eventually, this woman got up, and she did not want any more prayer. And we were so disappointed. And, and from that moment uh, that she didn't want prayer, she actually just started causing a scene in the marketplace. Uh, she was running around, singing. I mean, if you can imagine going to a, a park and there's someone who is insane, um, that is what it was like. And so she wouldn't let us continue to pray for her. Well, a couple of days later, we ran into her again and she allowed us to pray for her. And um, again, it was clear that, that there were demons and there was some freedom, but she was not totally free. And we, we were proclaiming the gospel to her. We were telling her how much Jesus loved her. And what we found out is that, uh, what, or what we understood is that there was a group of pastors who had gone to pray for her. And they, uh, as they prayed for her to deliver her from these demons, actually got beaten up and they, they left her. And we found out that her, uh, she had been dedicated to some evil spirits and there was quite a bit of, of witchcraft uh, in her home and just mistreated. And so we're praying for her and, and she's getting some more freedom. But eventually, again, she just she left and she told us that the spirits were telling her to leave us and and to go. And uh, and so she wouldn't allow us to pray for her anymore. And she left. And as a team, there was this sadness that this woman was not free. And it reminds us of the story of, of the man with the legion of demons and how he was isolated and, and crazy. And then he encountered Jesus and, and Jesus set him free. And he was in his right mind and was able to go home and, and tell all his friends about what Jesus did for him. You know, this was a story that was in our mind, but she wasn't free. And so we came back from Kenya and some of our team members have been praying for her every day and just saying, Lord, we know that she wasn't set free when we were there, but please, will you set her free? And um, last night I got this message uh, from a friend who was in contact with a pastor there. And the message was Elizabeth is free. Elizabeth uh, is in her right mind. And it turned out that this pastor was at a funeral and this, this woman, uh, Elizabeth, the one we had prayed for, just got up at the funeral and led the congregation in worship songs 
and then gave her testimony and she was totally in her right mind. And, and so I uh, was able to connect with that pastor. He was so full of joy. And so this, this woman that we were with who was tormented by demons, who was isolated, who wasn't able to function normally in society, uh, is now free. And so I, I texted the team and we were so excited and, and some of us were crying. Uh, some of us couldn't believe it. It just is so amazing because God is so good and he answers prayer and he wants to set people free. And uh, there's more to this story. Uh, the next time I, I go, I hope to get her story on video. So we, we have the complete story. But I just wanted to share uh, that brief amount. And so now we are, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the Facebook feed and, and we're going to go into a time of prayer. And we definitely want to pray for the virus. As, as the virus is going on, what can we pray for? Um, how can we pray? Well, one thing is we can pray for the medical staff who are treating the virus. We can pray for them to have wisdom. Uh, we can pray for them uh, to have strength. They're working long hours. We can pray for their protection. We'll pray for the government workers, government as they're making decisions on how to quarantine people. Uh, you know, flights are, are getting canceled. Countries are closing their borders to prevent this spread. And, and so we want to continue to pray for wisdom, especially for the Taiwanese government. And we want to pray for Taiwan. Um, you know, I was reminded of the story of Acts where, where Paul is on a ship and the ship is in the storm. And, and the ship is in the storm and everyone's terrified that they're going to die because of, of how bad the storm is. And in the night, uh, an angel comes to Paul and says that no one will be harmed. Everyone is, is going to make it. And so... I'm reminded of this story and it makes me just want to pray that no one in Taiwan would die from this virus. And in fact, that there would be no more cases that God would put a fire around Taiwan and protect us uh, from the virus uh, spreading uh, on this island. And so let's go to prayer. Uh, let's pray for these things together. And uh, I'll, I'll begin. Father, we thank you that you are in control. We thank you that you uh, are aware of what's going on and that you care. We thank you for your word that says you are with us and that you will protect us. Lord, we pray for the people in, in Wuhan. We pray for the people in the whole province and all these cities that have been quarantined. Lord, we pray that you would bless them and protect them. We pray for the medical staff that you would give them strength and wisdom. We pray that they would be protected from infection so that they can serve. Lord, we pray for the families that are impacted, uh, the families that are scared. We pray for those who are currently sick, that you would bless their bodies, that you would help them to recover. We pray for the scientists who are working on cures, who are working on vaccines, who are trying to figure out the, the best uh, treatment to help people overcome this. We pray for breakthrough today. We pray that there would be a significant breakthrough in knowing how to treat this virus. Lord, we pray uh, for governments that are making decisions on how to contain and how to prevent the virus from spreading. We pray for great cooperation and great wisdom. We pray that 
uh, Taiwan would be let into the World Health Organization and that communication and uh, information could flow freely. Lord, we pray for Taiwan as an island. We pray, I ask that you would be a wall of fire around this island, that the virus would not get through. We pray for those who are currently in Taiwan and infected, that each one would recover. We pray that not a single one would die. Lord, we pray that there would be zero deaths in Taiwan. Lord, we pray that there wouldn't be an epidemic, that there wouldn't be a spread, but you would place your hand over Taiwan. Lord, we pray uh, that there would be a swift end to this. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are in Wuhan. May you protect them. May you encourage them. May they know your presence, Lord. May they be empowered to preach the gospel. May their neighbors who are afraid hear and have ears to hear the gospel, Lord. We pray that a revival would, would spread out of this province, that there would be many people who turn to Jesus. Lord, we pray for the Christians, that they would have confidence, that they would have hope, that they would be courageous. Lord, we pray um, that you would touch our hearts. We pray that we would have confidence and be courageous. Lord, thank you that you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we are going to be... Uh, going through a psalm today and touching on Ephesians. So we're going to start in Psalm 46, and then we're going to move over to Ephesians. And so if you have your Bible, uh, then let's turn to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. And I'll, I'll read it. It says, God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So this psalm is about the city of Zion, Jerusalem. The city of God is Jerusalem. And there's chaos and the world is in trouble. And the psalmist is, is telling us what to do when the world around us is collapsing. The, the way he starts out, he says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. 
He's reminding us, he, he wants us to begin to address the situation knowing God is our place of safety when trouble comes. God is not absent in times of trouble. He doesn't neglect us in times of chaos. God is with us, and because his presence is with us, we don't need to fear, even when the earth gives way. The mountains falling into the sea uh, represent the, the institutions, the things that are most secure, the things that we thought could never change. If you can imagine what it would be like for a mountain um, to move from where it's standing and, and go into the sea, uh, it, it would be unthinkable. And sometimes uh, in the world, there are institutions, there are nations, there are kingdoms, there are powers that suddenly they're broken. It's as if the mountain's been thrown into the sea. And the psalmist is saying, even when the things that we believe are most secure, most unmovable, most strong are moved, we don't need to be afraid. The water in the ancient Near East and in the psalmist's day, waters represented chaos. And so you have things that are unmovable that move, and then you have things that can swirl that are in chaos. Normally when there's chaos, when nations are in chaos, when there's something like this epidemic, people are afraid. It's, it's uncertain, it's unknowable, it's uncontrollable uh, for the average person. And so you're just caught in the chaos. And what is the psalmist saying? Even, even if the waters foam, even if the waters uh, rage, even if they roar, we will not be afraid. We will not be afraid. The reason we will not be afraid is because God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is our very present help in trouble. You see, our help is not the government. Our help is not surgical masks. Our help is not in hand sanitizer. Our help is not in being able to isolate ourselves. Our help is God. And the word says that God is present, a very present help in trouble. He's not absent. That The reason it says very present is because the verb form in the Hebrew is intense. It's, it's an intensive and it wants us to know that God is with us, not away from us. And so with all the things going on with this virus, with all the certain uncertainty and things coming out on Twitter and on, on the internet, we don't need to be caught in the swirl. We don't need to let our imagination, our fear, run with the chaos because God is our refuge. God is present. And so let's just take a moment because probably this week you have felt afraid. Probably this week you've, maybe you haven't panicked, but, but you have been deeply concerned and uncertain and fear has been crouching around you. Maybe that has been you. Maybe some of you, it's no problem. You haven't even thought about it. But for those who have been fearful and you have been wondering what is going to happen. Let's take a moment and just say, God, I will not give in to fear. God, even if the mountains go into the sea, even if the seas are raging, I won't 
be afraid. God, I trust you. You're my refuge. You're my help. God, you are my fortress. Just take a moment to pray that to the Lord. It's so important for us to choose our thoughts. It's so important for us to choose our words. And our thoughts, our emotions will want to go in one direction, but we need to bring ourselves back to the word of God. No, I will not be afraid. God is my refuge. God is the place I run to when I am in trouble. God is with me. And we can see this. So when we understand that God is our refuge, when we understand that God is our fortress, that he is this very present help in times of trouble, what can we do? Well, the next section of the psalm shows us what is it like for those who believe this. It says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. See, when you trust God in the midst of chaos, When you trust him, there is a river that makes you glad. Now, what is that river? Because it says there's a river in the city. Well, he's talking about Jerusalem, but there's no river in Jerusalem. There's no river that flows through that city. And so the river is not literal, it's symbolic. It's symbolic of God's presence and provision. If you think of a walled city that's under attack, if there is a river running through it, they have all the water they need. It it provides so much safety. And so God is is saying through the psalmist, look, when you are in trouble, when, when people around are panicking, when the nations are raging, when kingdoms are tottering, when markets are falling, I am in the midst of you. And you see, we don't need to be in Jerusalem. And in the psalmist's day, Jerusalem was the center of worship for God because Jerusalem was where the temple was. But Jesus said, destroy this temple and I will raise it up in three days. And and he replaced the temple. Jesus replaced the temple. So now we don't need to be in a physical city because wherever we are, God is. You see, Jesus is now the temple. Jesus is now the city. And the river is the Holy Spirit. The river is the provision of God's presence. We know this because of John chapter 7. It says on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit. So Jesus is is saying the spirit is the river of living water. Those who believe in me, according to what the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. The psalmist is telling us that in the midst of chaos, there is a city, there is a place where the river of God makes hearts glad. So even in this time of chaos, when we believe what Jesus has said, when we believe 
in him as our protector, our provider, our savior, when we believe in him as the one who has made a home for us in heaven, the one who is coming back, the one who will make all things right, the one who is with us in all circumstances to the very end. When we believe these things, the Holy Spirit is flowing through us. And the presence of the Spirit is making us glad. And so other people panic. Other people can be fearful. Other people can be anxious and angry and frustrated and turn their anger on governments or mistreat people. But we, we have this supply of God's presence. And so we don't need to live like that. We don't need to live in the lane of fear. We can live in the lane of gladness. And part of that is understanding that, that ultimately life is not to live happily here in this world. Life is to be in the presence of God. Life is to be with God. And so Jesus, even when he was betrayed, even when he died on the cross, his, his purpose was not to live a fabulous life on earth. His purpose was to obey the Father and to serve him in all his circumstances. And so regardless of what happens, regardless of what's going on now, the ultimate aim for us is not to live a fabulous life. The ultimate aim is to be with God and to serve God, to be a witness for Jesus in this situation. And so what do we what do we do? Well, we remember that God is our refuge. We remember that he's present. We focus on him and allow his presence to fill us with gladness, even in the uncertainty. And then what does he say? What does he want us to do? Well, it says this, the next section, it says, come and behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow, shatters the spear, burns the chariot with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And so what do we do? In the chaos, we remember God is with us. We allow his spirit to make us glad and what we behold the works of the Lord. He says, be still, stop the panic, stop the chaos, stop moving around, stop and be still and consider. I will be exalted in all the earth. God is bringing people to worship him. He's bringing all people to worship him. And so what is his desire for us in this uncertainty is to worship to praise him and to be a witness. You see, God sees the uncertainty. He sees the chaos. With a word, he can end it. With a word, he can stop it. And so what does that mean? That means that we can pray for medical breakthrough. We can pray that there would be a, a scientist in a lab somewhere in the world who is given wisdom by God to know the exact combination of medicine to treat this disease. We can pray that government officials in Taiwan would have incredible wisdom to know how to prevent this from spreading in Taiwan. We can pray that God would speak the word and so that this virus would stop where it is now. 
and would not go to one more person on this island. You see, God is in the midst of us. He's calling us to gladness when other people are fearful because our goal is not a fabulous life. Our goal is to be present with God. And we know this life is temporary. And and we saw that last Sunday with, with Kobe Bryant dying. Kobe Bryant, who's one of the greatest athletes of our generation, one of the greatest competitors, a, a man who, who seemed that he could bend all things to his will on the basketball court, a man who was a force of, of nature, an icon uh, in Los Angeles, larger than life, a, a man who was worth over $600 million, a man who seemingly had it all, and yet in a moment his life was snuffed out. There, there's no promise of, of tomorrow. In fact, Kobe was in church on Sunday morning. Before he boarded that helicopter, he, he took communion. He was worshiping God. And a few minutes later, he was standing in God's presence. Our, our life is so brief and so short. And so the goal of our life cannot be to have a fabulous life here and now. It must be to be with God, to be in his presence. And he promises that he's with us. He promises, I am your refuge. And it doesn't mean that we never experience trouble or sickness or disease. But we have this resource to be glad, even in the midst of chaos, if we will be still and we will exalt the Lord. So how do we actually do this? Because, you know, the longer you're on Twitter and and looking at videos, the more stirred up you can get, the more fearful you can get. And and the rumors that are flying and, and the lack of clarity as to what is actually happening. If we're not careful, we can get tossed and turned in the chaos. And so what do we need to do? How can we stand firm in God's presence? Well, this is where we can head back to Ephesians. And we've been going through Ephesians, and there's one portion that connects with this psalm. And and the way I believe that it connects is that it, it equips us to be able to live this out. It equips us to not be fearful. Paul is telling us what we need to do. So if you go to Ephesians 5, starting in 15, verse 15, and And you may be wondering, what does this have to do with Psalm 46? But hopefully at the end, we're going to bring it back around and you're going to see. So Ephesians 5, 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as the unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. So right there. Pay attention to the way you're living. Pay attention to what you're putting into your mind. Pay attention to what you're doing. Make sure you're walking in wisdom, not in foolishness. And so is it wise to wear a mask when you're out? Yes, it's wise. Is it wise to use hand sanitizer? Absolutely. Is it wise to follow the instructions of the doctors? Yes and yes. So Paul is saying, don't be foolish. Don't be unwise, but understand what's going on. Understand our days are limited. Understand there is limited opportunity. There's limited time. And live with wisdom. And wisdom is understanding what God wants and applying it 
to your life. And how do we get wisdom? Well, Proverbs says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. How do we understand what God wants us to do? It's in his written word. He says, make the best use of time. The days are evil. Don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand God's general will through the word of God. Immerse yourself in scripture. Jesus says that that we don't live on bread alone. We don't live on food alone, but we live on the very word of God. Scripture is our daily bread. And so in this time, while others are panicking, we need to spend our moments. We need to be in the word of God, reading to know his will. How does he want us to live? How does he want us to act? Do you have a time set aside each day where you read scripture? This is where God wants to meet you. He wants to meet you in his word. He wants you to live on his word. This is how we have the strength to know, oh, God is my refuge. God is my present help. I'm not going to be afraid. Then Paul goes on. He says, don't get drunk with wine. That's debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. So what happens when we get filled with wine? When we get filled with alcohol, we lose control. When we get filled with alcohol, it's, it's easy to fall into sin. And he says that's debauchery, unrestrained drinking, unrestrained uh, sexual sin. Alcohol lowers your defenses, lowers your ability to control, and you go off into sin. He says, don't do that. And we'd say in this moment, don't, don't escape reality through alcohol. But he says, be filled with the Spirit. Now, being filled with the Spirit is the opposite of losing control. We gain control. How are we filled with the Spirit? How do we know that we're filled with the Spirit? He says this, address one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So the first one is in our relationship with each other, in our relationships with families, with roommates, with friends. Address one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Well, at the beginning of of this broadcast, what we did was we went through Psalm 91. And what did we declare? We're declaring that God is with us. We're going through Psalm 46. What are we saying? I'm declaring, do not be afraid. God is our refuge. God is our strength. And so we use scripture. We use the Psalms of scripture to speak to each other and remind each other of who God is to us. What does the Spirit do? The Spirit leads us to the words of Christ. He illuminates the words of God in Scripture. And so to be filled with him, we speak those words over one another. Then he says, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. So there's an element that's corporate one to another, but then there's an element where it's up and down. It's me and God that in my heart I'm I'm singing and I'm making music in my heart. So it's, it's from my lips I'm declaring, but also it's not just words that I'm speaking, but it's coming from my heart. How can you do this? We live at one of the most exciting times in the, all of history. We have so much access to worship music. Nobody has access to worship music like we do. All we have to do is go to YouTube and church after church 
whatever style of worship music you enjoy, if it's choral music, if it's Hillsong, if it's Bethel, if it's hymns you enjoy, if it's folk music, if it's electronic dance music, whatever style of worship you enjoy, it's there. And Paul is saying to sing, sing, sing to God. Why? Because when we sing, we're declaring who God is. We're reminding ourselves we will not be shaken. Though the mountains fall, we will not be shaken. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. As we sing these things, it it moves from our lips and our head to our heart. And then as we go out on the street, our heart is full, not of fearful things on Twitter, but we're full of the word of God. We're full of the truth of God. And when other people are fearful, we are full of confidence, full of hope, knowing that God is with us. And so we invite God to fill us with his spirit as we speak these things to one another, as we worship. And then he says this, give thanks always for everything to God the Father. Give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what does he mean? Well, do we give thanks that people are sick? No, we give thanks for all of the things that are good. What can we give thanks for? We can give thanks for the medical staff. God, I thank you that we have such an incredible medical system in Taiwan. Thank you for these great doctors. Thank you that there is a government that is making wise choices. Thank you that there is a supply of surgical masks. Thank you that we have uh, hand sanitizer that we can wash our hands. Lord, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the church that's in my life. Thank you for my family in Christ. Thank you for your goodness. And we just keep giving thanks, whatever situation we're in. And Paul exemplified this in Philippians. Uh, In the book of Acts, when he was in Philippi, he and Silas were arrested, put in jail. They were beaten with rods, put in shackles in the jail. And how did they respond? They didn't complain to God. God, we're on mission for you and you allowed this terrible thing to happen. We could complain that, God, I followed you to Taiwan. I'm I'm working in this place and now this virus has broken out. We, We don't complain. What Paul and Silas did is they praised. They worshiped God even while their backs were burning, even while their hands were in shackles. They were giving thanks and worshiping and they were set free. You see, the freedom is found not in controlling all of our circumstances to ensure that that we won't be exposed. Freedom is found in worship. Freedom is found in trusting God, in believing in his word, and it's aggressively, aggressively giving thanks. Don't allow fear to find any place to rest and invite its friends in your heart. If you look at at some of the videos and and people ridiculing the the racism that's going out towards Chinese people, the the beatings on the street or chasing people out, what, what is the root? The root is fear. Normally, the people wouldn't respond like that, but they're terrified. We don't need to be afraid. 
We don't need to act in fear because we have a God who is sovereign and in control. And he is with us and he is our refuge and he is our fortress. And there is a river that makes glad the people of God. There is a river that will flow from our heart if we will believe that Jesus is who he says he is. If we will believe that he is with us here and now, if you will believe according to his word during this time, not only can you have peace, you can have joy. During this time, you don't need to panic, but you can be a witness and you can serve. And there can be people in your sphere of influence who are shaking and you are just fine. Because you know your God. How do we live this out? We do it through the power of the spirit. God's presence in us as we worship him, as we give thanks to him, as we declare with our lips and in our heart, I will not be shaken. I'm not a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Let's take a moment. And if you've been afraid, if you are afraid, just to confess to the Lord and say, Lord, I have been afraid. I know fear does not come from you. I want to live in your provision. I want to live confident that you're with me. Take the fear from my life. Fill me with your peace. Fill me with your joy. Fill me with your hope. Just take a moment on your own right now. Say, God, I need that. I need that. Help me. I reject fear. Break any agreement with fear. Say, I'm I'm done with fear. Lord, I will follow your will. Lord, I will follow you in Jesus' name. See, one of the ways that that we can come under fear is if we get this fearful thought like, oh no, what's going to happen? What's going to happen if this virus comes to my apartment complex? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? It it may not even go to you. It may not even go to Taipei, okay? I mean, there are a couple isolated cases. But once we start to run with that thought and to say, yeah, it may go. I'm going to be in so much trouble. I, I need to go here and go do this. We are coming into agreement with fear and we're entertaining fear in our heart. And so you need to stop that. You say, no, I reject that, God, I trust you. And you say, God, what do I need to do to prepare? What do I need to do? And see, God says, live wisely. And so he he may tell you, you know what? I want you to go to the store and get this. I want you to get some extra this. We don't don't ignore it and live with our head in the sand. But we don't let fear dictate our actions. We seek God's wisdom through the Spirit. And so you seek him each day. Say, God, what do I need to do today? And God may tell you, avoid a restaurant. God may tell you, go to a specific supermarket. If you can't get masks, you say, God, how can I get a mask? And he can tell you what time and what store to go to. So you get there and you get them. He can tell you what brand of hand sanitizer to get. He can tell you what you need to clean. But don't let fear drive those decisions. Worship God and then ask him. He is a very present help in trouble. He is with you in this moment. 
He is with you in this season. So don't let fear direct you. Let the Holy Spirit direct you. How can you stay with the Spirit? You stay in the Word of God. You stay in worship. You sing. You speak to one another. You pray together. God is our refuge. God is our fortress. God is our very present help in times of trouble. And he's with you today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We just thank you for the truth of your word. And we pray that it would burn in our hearts. We pray that we would not be fearful at all. Lord, we pray for your grace and your power to operate in our lives. While others are afraid, we will be confident. We will not fear. And we will walk with the Spirit. And we will worship you through this. We will praise you through this. We will not be afraid. God, I pray for each person who's listening right now, each person who's watching this, I pray that you would touch them and their family where they are. I pray that you would remove all fear from them. I pray that your peace would fill them now and that whenever fear comes knocking on the door, may the Holy Spirit be louder and may the Holy Spirit direct them to worship. I pray for each person here that they would hear you if you are giving them specific instructions. For those who are considering going back to their home country, Lord, give them wisdom to know if that's what you want for them. And may they be led by your spirit. For those who are wondering if they should take a semester off of school, give them wisdom to know if that's what you're calling them to do. For those who don't know if they should buy food or, or where to get the materials they need or even where to go to the doctor. Lord, give them the wisdom to know. Let us be led by your spirit, not by fear. And Lord, we pray for TIC and for the uncertainty that we have uh, and not knowing, not being able to gather together today and and not knowing exactly what may happen next week. Lord, we don't know what will happen next Sunday, but what we do know is you will never leave us or forsake us. What we do know is you will guide us. And so we stand in confidence that you are our refuge, that you are our strength, and you are our ever-present help in this time. In Jesus' name, amen.